Hey friend, and welcome back to the Alex Makes VR podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about the interoperability of the metaverse. But before I dive in, I have a little confession, and it's that I have spent the last three days trying to record this podcast episode. It has probably been one of the single most frustrating times I've ever had recording a podcast because I have so many thoughts on the subject that I just kept going. I've got about three hours worth of recordings. Maybe one day I'll do a mashup of all the different things because I I go down such interesting, weird, tangent rabbit holes about interoperability. But I just end up at the same place, which is just severe frustration that there are no answers. And I thought that's how I would start this episode, is by saying that what's fascinating about this specific time with the metaverse is that no one has the answers. We're all just asking the questions. And that in itself is really important to acknowledge. And like I've said in previous episodes, it does heavily remind me of the early VR days where it was just more questions than answers. Um, And that can feel really, really annoying at times. But in a way, it's kind of exciting that we can sit back and kind of have a look at all sides of the discussion of a subject like, does the metaverse need to be interoperable? I'm not going to be able to say that word (laughs) loads of times in this uh, episode without messing it up at some point. So just pre-warning you on that. So what does interoperability even mean in the metaverse? Well, I think the way that the majority of people see it is from a user experience point of view. Interoperability would mean that you could hop around this universe, this digital universe, if you will, which is the metaverse. And you could hop around and take everything that you own, everything that you are, your whole accounts, your assets, your avatar, your um, currency, I guess, your like your your money, your um, your fashion, your accessories, your vehicles. You could take everything with you, no matter where you go in the metaverse. I think that's what most people think is interoperability. They think about a Ready Player One style future where you have this one account that goes with you no matter where you go in the metaverse. Um, And there's a lot of merit to that. That would be a really, really interesting way of navigating the internet. In fact, I was literally listening to a really interesting talk by one of the um, kind of early founders of um, early virtual reality, Jaron Lanier. If you've not heard that name before, some of you might know that name from the Social Dilemma documentary, but Jaron Lanier, he is a really interesting person to listen to um, speaking on the kind of uh, the mistakes that early Silicon Valley made and what he deems to be some of the biggest failures of the current internet. And one of the things that he says in one of his talks is that one of the biggest mistakes that Tim Berners-Lee made when he invented the World Wide Web, which is, you know, the version of the internet that we use now, um, I think, anyway, I think I've got that right. (laughs) Someone please fact check me if that's not right. But um, one of the biggest mistakes is that there wasn't a universal account that um, governed your internet access. Uh, So, you know, 
the internet as we know it is this very open sourced, decentralized, democratized um, web of networks, essentially. But you didn't have an account. You would, in the early days, you would have to set up a website and the website kind of became your online presence, I guess. And then obviously we had this evolution into social medias. And now you have a Facebook account that you can log into loads of different websites in. Or for me personally, I usually use my Google account. You know, I don't bother signing up to a website with new details. Usually I'll just log in with my Google account because then it can all sync to my to my one account. And it already knows things about me that kind of I've already told my Google account and it just saves a lot of time. Um, but that the reason that that is quite a, a problem in Jaron Lanier's eyes is the fact that obviously there is a big company who's who has profit at the kind of forefront of everything they do that owns your account, that owns your data, that owns all of your information. So ideally, ideally, um, you know, in the future, in this metaverse, you would have this kind of universal account that that is essentially you. It acts as almost like your digital passport. Um, but we also have to kind of think about the realities of that. And the fact is that although, yes, maybe that would have been a better internet and maybe have uh, stopped some things happening in terms of the way the internet operates right now, at the same time, we didn't. <laughs> it's not like that. And so most likely we will see a metaverse where you have you know, for example, if you're on the uh, Meta or Facebook's ecosystem, you will have to log in with your Facebook account. Just like, for example, if you own uh, a Quest now, you can't access it unless you have a Facebook account. So they're already trying to do that Apple style thing of locking everything down to their own ecosystem. Uh, and speaking of Apple, you know, this is this whole term of like interoperability the first thing i think of when i think of that is apple because apple have really nailed their interoperable uh system if you think about if you are listening and you are an apple user there's a reason that you've probably found it really difficult to try and transition away from using Apple because they make it so easy. Everything is so intuitive and works seamlessly, seamlessly with each other. You know, my iPhone talks to my MacBook, talks to my iMac, talks to my Apple Watch, talks to my home speaker, if you've got one of those. Um, it all is operating on one universal account, which makes everything so easy. Uh, not only does it make it easy, it also makes it easy to spend money because naturally it's all on the one uh, ecosystem. Um, and so I think we will probably see more and more of that crop up as we go forth into a more metaverse style internet, which for those of you who haven't listened to previous episodes, which are highly recommend you do uh, because god knows why you're listening to this one if this is your first alex makes vr podcast god bless you um but yeah in previous episodes i outline my kind of version of what a metaverse is and in my opinion it's basically just an evolution of the current internet it's just a way of experiencing the future of the internet so currently you experience the internet or web 2 as they call it right now uh, by scrolling on your phone you know you go to a website or you go to an app and you scroll and if you want to you know interact with someone you comment using you know typing um 
or maybe if you want to connect with someone in real time, you go to an app like Zoom and then you kind of hop onto these two little rectangles of a video essentially talking to each other. Whereas in the future, I think that you will probably still tap on an app or something, but instead of scrolling on a website and typing out um, or being in a little rectangular uh, video feed with someone, you will just step into a digital environment, a virtual world. um, And that will be the new norm. Instead of a website, you know, a company might have a store, uh, you know, an experiential world that you step into. Um, Whether that be, you know, replacing their current physical uh, versions of things, like, for example, you know, will you step into a physical store of Tesco's, which is like a supermarket here in the UK in the future to do your online shopping rather than just scrolling on a website? Or it could be something as drastic as, you know, will we see Apple or Amazon come out with like their version of Disneyland and it's like a totally digital theme park. Um, No matter what, the idea would be that you're essentially just putting on your pair of glasses or tapping a button on your glasses and experiencing the internet in a immersive 3D spatial way rather than just scrolling on a rectangular screen slab that you keep in your pocket. So that's my definition of of the metaverse if you were interested. And just to recap, for those of you who already know. But coming back to this topic of interoperability, um, you know, again, I think most people define it as this ready player one style oasis, where essentially you have this one digital passport that you can kind of roam the metaverse with, and everything comes with you. And if you own an an avatar in in one place, you can take that avatar into another. Kind of, I imagine it a bit like a game of um, Smash Brothers uh, Melee, which is like a, a game for I think originally the Dreamcast, which is like an old school games console, but um, basically it was a game that brought together all of these different Nintendo characters from all different kind of IPs and you could like battle it out in like a kind of uh, Battle Royale style Um is it Battle Royale? I'm thinking wrestling terms here, not, I think there's an actual game called Battle Royale, which is not what I'm referring to. But anyway, this idea that, you know, I could, I would always pick Kirby, the big uh, pink blob that could eat people and then take on their kind of special powers. Uh, My brother would, older brother would always play as Pikachu um, from Pokemon. My younger brother would uh, sometimes play as Link from The Legends of Zelda. Um, So, you would, could essentially take all these different kind of like characters and then bring them into this one game to play. So, you know, when we think about interoperability, could it be in the future that we see something like that? We see something where you can take characters from one universe and bring them into another. You can buy a pair of limited edition digital Nike trainers in your Facebook ecosystem. And then when you hop over into the Microsoft side of the metaverse, you're still wearing those limited edition Nikes. I don't know. That's kind of what people think of, I think, when they think of interoperability. But like I kind of alluded to with the whole like Apple ecosystem, like what we currently have, and even with what Facebook are doing right, well, I keep calling them Facebook, Meta, with what Meta are doing right now with locking down their kind of VR ecosystem so that you have to have a Facebook account, it's painfully obvious that what they're trying to do is, well, either they are trying to compete to become the universal login for the Metaverse, which is very unlikely because, uh, well, let's face it, Apple are not going to do that if they bring out a device. And, you know, these various other companies are not going to do that. 
Um, but what we might see is we might see kind of what we have with the current internet, which is that the internet itself, the base level of the internet is interoperable, interoperable. And you have these different apps and these different companies and these different websites and things built and services built on top of it. But essentially, you know, you'll still, you still will have to kind of, um, you know, keep whatever you buy in Apple's metaverse, you won't be able to take over into Facebook's metaverse, you won't be able to take that over into Microsoft's, you know, metaverse. What you will probably have, though, is kind of like what you have in the real world, you might have like one, um, you know, form of currency, maybe. So maybe in this future metaverse, you've got some kind of cryptocurrency or a digitally backed dollar or pound or something, whatever your native currency is, maybe you're going to have that. And that is the way that you spend money um, in the metaverse. And no matter where you go in the metaverse, similar to the internet, you know, I think about the fact that I've got my bank account and I can buy anything from anywhere in the world with that one bank account. And yes, I'll have to incur fees if I pay in pounds and, you know, I'm buying something in rupees or yuan. But uh, essentially, like, I can still buy it. It's not like it's locked down um, to just one specific kind of currency. So that, in a way, will be interoperable. Knew that I was going to stumble at some point with that word. Interoperable. Um, But more than interoperability, because I think um, people really get obsessed with the idea that without interoperability, there will be no metaverse. More than that, I think what people really kind of want and need is ownership. And I talked about this in my interview with uh, Adam Draper. And if you didn't listen to that episode, definitely go back and listen to it. It was a fantastic interview with Adam Draper, who was one of the early investors in uh, Coinbase, which is one of the biggest... um, cryptocurrency exchanges. But what he talked about was this idea that ownership is probably one of the, if not the most important elements of a metaverse. And I think, um, although it's not quite the same as interoperability, in a way, if companies gave you ownership over the things that over the assets that you bought in their ecosystems, that in a way is a step forward to interoperability. So for example, if I buy uh, my digital, um, I don't know, uh, let's say my digital car from Porsches or Lamborghini's metaverse, right? I buy my digital version of my Lambo, <laughs> okay? When I hop over into my Apple metaverse, I still own the digital Lambo, right? And I could say to my friend who's also in the Apple metaverse, hey, check out, you know, my digital Lambo. You could probably be able to display it. It might not work seamlessly uh, in the way that maybe something like a Ready Player One style thing would, where you could literally just like, oh, I could use that car in whatever part of the metaverse I'm in. No, probably not. But you probably could showcase it. You could probably even sell it whilst in other parts of the metaverse, because you're probably going to have something like a third party uh, in the metaverse, like OpenSea is for NFTs, which is like the eBay of NFTs. You're probably going to be able to take your assets from one digital ecosystem and sell it in another. And that in itself is a huge step forward in interoperability because currently you can't do that. Currently, 
well, really, digital ownership has only become like this thing over the last few years because the idea of owning something digitally, apart from, you know, even like things like you think about like music, for example, if I buy my digital copy of, um, I don't know, the Beatles' greatest hits, if I buy that digital copy, that digital copy doesn't really have any value, right? Because you can just download that digital copy. There's nowhere for me to sell that MP3, really. Not to my knowledge, anyway. Um, there's nothing that makes that MP3 not copyable. You know, whereas the the kind of birth of NFTs provides that scarcity that we haven't had uh, to this point with digital assets. And therefore, if I buy that digital uh Beatles greatest hits now uh, hits now rather than you going to buy it at full price maybe you buy it from me for half the price on the digital eBay you know on the kind of the metaverse uh, version of eBay um so it's not just tangible physical goods anymore it's also the digital goods I'm going off topic here because again this is what happened when I tried to record it the first 5,000 times because there's so much to this argument. What I want to bring it back to is the fact that people think that interoperability is an underpinning uh, kind of feature of the metaverse. It's, 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 it's a foundation in which the house cannot be built up until the... F- Let me try that again. It's the foundations of a metaverse and unless those foundations are laid, a lot of people don't think that the metaverse can be built on top of. Whereas I am way more optimistic that we are going to see a metaverse evolve just like the current state of the internet. It will start with these little siloed ecosystems. It will will start where you can, um, you know, be in your... Instagram feed and then if you wanted to jump into an experiential uh, moment within Instagram or if you wanted to like hop in to see the 360 of a photo or if you wanted to uh, jump into that live stream of that musician that's doing an Instagram concert you do that just by tapping on your glasses and then all of a sudden you're there it will start like that it will start as these little sporadic immersive things that are integrated into the current way that you already use your phone and your internet Um, it will be an extension of the current internet and then as we grow as we go more and more down this path of more of a more immersive more spatial more interactive um we will start to see more overlap you will start to see more and more apps kind of be a little bit more interoperable now it will start with the companies that own each other you know like so f- for example of course you're going to see Facebook create a metaverse where you can be in horizons having your social gathering and then hop over into, you know, the whatever the immersive equivalent for Instagram is and then hop over into the immersive equivalent of what WhatsApp is and hop over to the immersive equivalent of what Facebook is, blah, 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 blah. You know, it will start like that. But then maybe as we go, we're going to get more and more of these, maybe like more of more of these kind of bridges over so that you know, maybe you are going to start to see different IPs and different companies have these kind of almost like collaborations where maybe you can take, like I say, like that example of like the digital Nikes or the digital Lambo. Maybe you get these digital assets from one, 
but they have a deal where you can showcase that you can use that in the the next uh generation of super smash bros like can you imagine like not super smash bros sorry mario kart like can you imagine playing a game of mario kart but there's a limited edition like Lamborghini asset that if you bought from Lamborghini themselves you could import it into that game and you could import it into whatever other car games there are um and same goes for you know you buy those pair of digital sneakers and then in certain games there's like a licensing deal there's like a collaboration deal where your avatar can indeed rock those shoes in those different worlds um but I don't think it will happen straight away is what I wanted to kind of the big takeaway from this episode, my original kind of thought going into this when I first started recording this days ago, was that people think that without it being this Ready Player One style universally connected thing, it's not the metaverse. Whereas I totally disagree. I think that interoperability is the end game, not the starting point. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to air my thoughts on that because I think, like I say, I think a lot of people are getting hung up on that, um, and seeing it as a real kind of, uh, sticking point, um, for not really believing in the metaverse or not, not kind of taking it seriously or not thinking it's as close as it actually is. Whereas my advice to you would be to think about, uh, think about how you can kind of add that 3D immersive spatial experience to anything that you currently do. And that will be the beginning building blocks of the metaverse. And as we grow and as it becomes bigger and bigger and as there's more investment and as we incorporate things like digital ownership and and we start to get these kind of interesting new little ecosystems pop up like what we're seeing with NFTs, um, the sky will be the limit in terms of then what the crossover is. And maybe we do, maybe we do end up in a universe where, you know, it's like the metaverse. I can't remember whether I've already said this in this episode because I've recorded this episode so many times, but um, in one of the versions of this recording, I talked about, think about the metaverse as the earth and companies uh, are the countries you know, we, as a planet, we are interoperable. We have trade deals. We have, you know, um, we have, you know, we, we here in the UK watch a lot of international television. Uh, you know, you can take, um, uh, you bring a German car, for example, into the UK and, and drive that. Like there is so much interoperability. Those are probably really lame <laughs> examples, by the way, but it is really quite late now. And I wanted to get this episode out. But, you know, there, the world itself is very interoperable, interoperable, but it's not universal. Like we don't have one universal currency necessarily. We don't have one universal way of doing things. We don't have one universal culture. And every single country ha- is trying to kind of like do its best for its people. Now, obviously, that is definitely not the same as big tech, big companies at the end of the day, all they care about no matter what they say in their marketing, all they care about is making money. And as long as you're aware of that and not naive to that, then you will be fine. Um, But essentially, big tech wants to make money by kind of pleasing its users. And in this kind of scenario, you know, if you are kind of in their ecosystem, if you have an account with them, you are essentially one of their kind of users, you are one of their population. And so yes, they want to try and keep you feeding their ecosystem. They want you know, to take your data, they want you, they want to take your money, um, that by giving you an experience. Um, and so just like 
the world like and the and the way that it works where you know countries are trying to kind of like make their countries the best they can be so people want to live there so people want to contribute and pay their taxes which then contributes to the building up of the their country which then con- contributes to a better quality of life blah 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 more superpower blah 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 whatever uh, i'm not a <laughs> i'm not a politician i'm not a, an economist i'm not you know any i literally am a creative arts person so do not take anything i say about uh geopolitics um as for you know um seriously at all but what i'm trying to imply here is that um the metaverse is more likely to mimic real life in that way than than not it's probably not going to be this one utopian place where everyone is kind of you everyone has a universal account and universal uh kind of ways of using assets in everything you know you're not going to be able to like go and buy a load of stuff from facebook's marketplace and then go and use that in epic games is games without someone making money somewhere along the line unless facebook has a licensing deal with epic games for you to do that because at the end of the day that's going to take um that's going to take money out of someone's pocket essentially from a big from a big tech point of view anyway again i'm getting to the point now where i could very easily slip into a stress rabbit hole so I'm going to stop here because I feel like I maybe articulated some of the things I wanted to say (laughs) as you can tell this is a really big subject this is a really interesting time and like I've always said about this podcast I want it to be not just a way of me sharing my thoughts with you and for us to start this conversation it's also a way for me to document I'm so fascinated to see in 20 years time me to listen to this episode and hear how wrong I was or to hear you know oh my god I had no idea that xyz would come into play I had no idea that you know Apple would end up buying out all the companies in the world because they're trillionaires you know um there's so many things so for 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 the most part this is also just an exercise in kind of me documenting the journey of us you know going into this new metaverse play um Anyway, I'm going to stop there. I hope you found this vaguely interesting. I would love to hear your opinions on it because everyone I talk to about the metaverse has such distinctive different opinions and that in itself is fascinating. Um, Have a great day wherever you are in the world, in the real world, my friend. Um, And I will speak to you very soon on the next episode.